friend, welcome to Brilliant Business Moms, a podcast all about helping brilliant women just like you to build a business on the side while spending time with their families. I'm your host, Beth Ann Schwamberger, and we're going to have a great time together. Let's get started. Okay, so today on the show, I'm so excited to have Lydia Kitts here. So for those of you who don't know, Lydia Kitts, in addition to being a super talented digital designer, a professor, a PR specialist, her own small business owner, Lydia is also our designer for the Brilliant Life Planner. She's our InDesign pro. She formats everything, makes it look amazing. And everyone here at Brilliant Business Moms, like we're just always impressed by Lydia. She juggles a bazillion things all the time and makes it look easy. <laughs> and so we we just knew we had to bring her on to chat about how she does that. She has this passion for strategy analysis. She likes curating systems that work flawlessly and look fabulous. So she's got an eye for design too. So anyways, we're going to have a great chat with Lydia. Welcome, Lydia. Thank you. I'm excited to be here finally and get to be on the podcast. So I've been listening to it since it started. Victoria actually pulled me in and she told me one day, she said, you have to listen to this. You have to be a part of the group. It's amazing. And I have been smitten ever since. So... Aw, well, the feeling is mutual. I was so thankful when it when it was Victoria who recommended you. I was looking for someone new to do the InDesign aspect of the planner. And she's like, hello, Lydia Kitts. She's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Lydia, I have heard the word on the street is that you use three planners to like keep your life organized. So I would love to hear how that works how you approach planning, you know, give us the nitty gritty and some tips that maybe those of us who are planning dunces can can use. <laughs> so I use three different planners because I have a whole lot of stuff to juggle. As you mentioned that I have, you know, a full-time job where I am a professor at a college. I teach communications, so I teach graphic and website design and development. I teach strategic storytelling, social media classes, and a digital career management class, which is kind of teaching our students how to become freelancers, which is really fun. And I really enjoy doing that. But then that is a whole job all of its own where I've got to track student projects and trying to help them figure out the best way to complete their projects and their tasks. And whenever I was in college, I went to school for costume design and technology. And one of my favorite classes was on strategic planning and about how to break down really, really big projects like an entire theater production into little small bite-sized pieces. And what they introduced to us this whole three planner system. And it has totally changed my life. I absolutely love it. So the three planners is kind of tricky because it's not really three full planners. One planner is just, I use a legal pad and I just write down every single day, I write down everything that I could possibly need to do that day, everything that's on the horizon, basically just pouring all of my thoughts and ideas out onto this one pretty ugly piece of paper by the time I'm done with it. And as you may know, I really like pretty things. And so <laughs> it's just, it's a mess. And I just throw everything I could possibly think about on it. And 
it helps me to kind of like clear my mind for later because I don't have to sit and think like, oh, I need to, you know, I don't have to compartmentalize and think constantly about the next thing that I have to do. It's all on that piece of paper and just totally getting it out of my mind so I can focus on what's important and what is like the task at hand right in front of me instead of worrying about future projects. And they taught us to really focus on what you're working on and how long it takes you to do it. So I spend a ridiculous amount of time planning. Honestly, probably about an hour of each day I spend focusing on planning. And that may be just planning out my week, or it may be actually creating strategic plans, marketing plans, public relations plans, anything in that nature that I can write down and have all of my ideas out. And I know at this point roughly about how long it takes me to do each task at hand. So by having everything out on one big piece of paper and knowing about how long it'll take me to do each task, if I get halfway through the day and I've got an unexpected 15 minutes, I can go through that task list and see something that will take me 15 minutes to do. It's already written down right next to it that it'll take me about 15 minutes and I just throw it right in to my workflow so that I don't ever miss a beat. I don't have to sit there and wait and think like, oh, what should I do next? Or spend 15 minutes just kind of like just thinking and not actually doing. And that's why I focus so much on that planning element on that one piece of paper for my day. Like I do that at the very beginning of the day to start it. And if there's anything that's going to take longer than a day, my mom always tells me, she says, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? If something's going to take more than whatever amount of time I have allotted for that day, that's whenever I break it down into smaller bite-sized pieces. And I use my Brilliant Life Planner for that. And I'll go through and plan out anything that has a hard date goes in the Brilliant Life Planner. So if I've got a deadline or I know that a client is going to be launching something or if they've got an anniversary or their birthday or a launch anniversary coming up, I've got all of that in my Brilliant Life Planner. And that's my pretty one. That's where I've got, you know, plans that are a little bit more solid and not as free-flowing because I do work very, very quickly. Whenever I do something, if I sit down, I focus on it. Like I don't go and play on Facebook. I don't even listen to Pandora whenever I work. I just like totally hone in and get stuff done. And so the Brilliant Life Planner really helps me to kind of like take a step back and take the time to break down these bigger projects into smaller ones that I can really focus on. And I also really enjoy that there's a spot that I can have who I'm encouraging this week. That's one of my favorite things to do, to kind of pick somebody. And that has actually been one of the biggest ways I get clients is that I'll pick somebody to encourage. And then it's almost within two to three weeks after I've been encouraging them for a whole week, I get something back and they ask me if I'll work for them, which is always awesome. I've got about 30 clients that way, which is... 30? Whoa. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or 31. I had another person sign up this week. Wow. But of people encouraging them and being it started by just yeah just giving and just focusing on people like how we can help them how we can make someone else feel better ah I yeah love it. and and making a conscious decision to do it like I've always been somebody who gives and gives and gives and really wants to help other people but whenever you're busy and you're in the thick of it it's kind of hard to remember to do that mm-hmm. and having that just reminder of having to consciously make a decision about who I'm going to encourage and how I'm going to do it 
that has just been amazing. And sometimes it's just like, you're doing a great job. And then other times if I see like somebody struggling with social media, sometimes it can be just as simple as an email saying like, hey, I'd love to have a coffee chat with you. You know, I've got a, a you know, master's degree in social media and public relations. And I just like to talk to you about what you're doing and help you out for free. And I enjoy it. I learn so much from those experiences that it's honestly, I feel like it's more beneficial to me than to the other person, but it always turns into some kind of really great business relationship. So I've enjoyed that element. And that's something that I plan into my work week. Like that is something that I'm passionate about. And I think is really important to give back to other people, especially new businesses, because I had so many people give back to me whenever I was a new business and really made sure that I was successful. And I think paying it forward's nice. So that's what I like to do. But so those are two of the planners and the way that I use them. And I really enjoy doing that. I also will use the Brilliant Life Planner to plan out like our family meals and anything that we have to do with our son. He has, he goes to therapy two days a week, about an hour and a half away. So there's a lot of planning with that to make sure that everything works out for him. And so I schedule that stuff in there, music classes all of like our life stuff. Like it really is my life and business planner. And then my third one is the one that's for school that I use with students to kind of, I really help. I I work a lot with them on job placement and getting internships and trying to like help them plan out how their future is going to go. Wow. Yeah. That's a whole nother (laughs) huge thing to plan plan out. (laughs) Oh man. Okay. So Lydia, it sounds like you really don't waste a minute when it comes to your life and your productivity. I mean, because you do so many things. I feel like most people would look at your schedule, you know, your full-time job, your business, your kids. There's, yeah, so much going on. And they might say, oh, you've got too much on your plate. But from what I see, you completely thrive with all of these things on your plate do you have like any other hacks beyond that? I know that list sounded awesome where you're like writing out how much time each task is going to take and giving each task complete focus. But are there any other hacks that you're using that the rest of us can tap into? <laughs> I, I do thrive off of being busy. A, a lot of people tell me to like to say no to things and That has been something that I have worked on this whole year. That was my New Year's resolution was to say no. And that's one life hack that once you embrace it, I cannot begin to tell you enough how amazing saying no is, especially because it lets me do other things like spend time with my kids. And I ended up, I said no to a couple things. I actually, before this, I was doing all of these things, plus being the vice president of marketing for a Silicon Valley tech startup. And So I quit doing that a while ago. I transitioned out just because it was taking up too much time, especially since I'm East Coast and they're West Coast. And the communication was becoming an issue with that, just like trying to keep up with them because that was during like prime time that I could be spending with my kids. So, and then I also was working full time as the director of creative services at a college and I was going to grad school full time, but I'm done with grad school and I'm not working full time other than teaching and my business. So That is amazing and wonderfully liberating to say just no to something. But then also I get a lot of people asking me if I ever plan on quitting working for a college 
and to just work for myself. And that is something that a lot of people talk about, you know, doing the, you know, freelance to freedom and going, you know, becoming a freelancer or a small business owner full time. And that's something that I have no interest in doing because by still having a full time job, it gives me the flexibility to work with other, like whoever I want to. I don't have to work with a client unless I want to, unless I'm really passionate about what they're doing and what their product is or their service. And that's really liberating as well. Because then I I can also say no to clients. Like if somebody's not a perfect fit and I don't feel like I'll be able to do what they really need to be done, I always will redirect somebody if I don't think that I can spend enough time on their project or if I'm just, you know, not going to be the person that can make their visions come to life. I always will, you know, redirect them to somebody else. One of those business relationships that I've made through encouragement is another way that I do that. But that's been very, very nice to just be able to say no to different people and to projects. And then also just to working so much, it has been wonderful because we have a three-year-old and an 18-month-old. So they're really starting to notice whenever I'm not around, if I have to go back to campus to work. And Victoria Wilson, so she's one of your virtual assistants. She is absolutely wonderful. And she taught me to say something with the kids, like mom is working hard for our family. And that's something she says to her kids all the time. And she really leads by example in that instance for me. I've learned a lot about how to be a working mom through her example and what she's doing and how she's helping her kids, which I think that she's also learning from Carly and Ellen and you. So that's really nice to have that community within Brilliant Business Moms. It's not just about business. It's about being a mom too. And having that support system has been really, really helpful. And I guess another little mom hack that I have. And, and then the other one that I do every, about every month or so, my husband and I will go to Costco and I plan out a huge meal list and we spend probably about 200 to $300 at Costco in just bulk food. And I come home and spend the whole day chopping up things and putting together freezer meals. And we just have freezer meals. We have a huge chest freezer full of meals that we just throw in the crock pot in the morning. And whenever we come home, they're done. So we're not having to spend, I mean, whenever I actually make food, it takes me like 30 minutes of prep and then like an hour to cook it and then 30 minutes of cleaning up. And then like, we've got to feed the kids and then they want to take a bath and then it's bedtime and we don't get to spend any time with them at all. And so the freezer meals have been amazing because I just literally throw in the crock pot we get home, everybody has dinner and loves it and we eat it. And then we actually get to play and have fun and go on hikes and just different little, Weston calls them adventures, like with a B instead of a D. So we get to go on adventures and do fun things instead of me having to focus on cooking, which I hate cooking. So I absolutely love the freezer meals. I think I made 72 using for $300 a couple of weeks ago. Wow. I was really excited about that. There's this, I think they're sisters. They've got a website called Once a Month Meals. And you just go in and you like click the things that you like. And they, you get like an entire grocery list and like based off whichever recipes you've selected. And like, it's awesome. I love it. So, but yeah, the freezer meals have been insanely helpful to make sure that I get to spend time like whenever I work from 8 to 4.30 and then whenever I'm home, I'm home. Like I'm not having to, you know, 
work with clients in the evening. I'm not having to like do the side hustle of going on Instagram or Facebook or in Facebook groups and talking to people unless I want to, or unless the kids are doing something with my husband, or if they're just outside playing, I'm able to really kind of focus solely on them and, you know, not have to worry about the other things, which is another where that giant list of things comes in handy. I take that sucker home with me. And if I think of something while I'm playing with my kids, instead of doing it, I just write it down to do tomorrow. So that's been very nice as well. Okay. So many <laughs> brilliant hacks here, Lydia. Ah, I love it. I, I'm like, I need to go to once a month meals pronto. <laughs> and Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. And they're all delicious. They're super good. Oh, good, good. Yeah. I have to say, I, well, yeah, since Levi was born, I used to enjoy cooking and then Levi was born and it's hard to I mean, like it's dangerous to cook while you're holding a baby. So like, I don't do that. And he, yeah, and bit. he is still, he's not quite crawling yet. So he, he definitely like, he gets frustrated after a bit, you know, doing his tummy time and mm-hmm. stuff. And so then he wants, he still wants to be held a lot. So anyways, Chris has been helping a lot with meals. And so we have a lot of BLTs. He loves bacon. <laughs> <laughs> and or then it'll just be like you know seasoned chicken and some veggies which is great like he's he does great but yeah it's that or it's you know fast food <laughs> so yep. we need a little help yeah my husband he's puerto rican and so he it sounds like the lamest meal ever but it is the most delicious thing i have ever had his mom taught him how to make it and she's an amazing cook but just like rice and beans and chicken. And it is the best thing ever. But you can only eat that so many days in a row before you start getting desperate for other food. So <laughs> so true. Yeah. Okay. So Lydia, we had a question from one of our ladies in our community, Amy Gabriel, who's actually, she's been on the podcast before as well. So she wanted to know, and I, I, I thought this question was so, so great because I want to know this too. How do you build a timeless brand that's got a strong and loyal following, but like it's modern, it it feels fresh, it feels new, but it's not just following every trend, going down every path and every whim because like if your brand does that, if you're like, oh, I'm just going to design this because it's trendy right now then you're going to be flip-flopping so much. There's no consistency to your brand. There's no, this is, I'm totally rambling with this question, but essentially it's like, how do you stay modern and fresh, but yet not be a trend follower who just flip-flops all the time? So in order to make a really strong and clear and timeless brand, one thing I really, I actually talked about this with my students today. So it's fresh on my mind. Really focusing on the the story behind who you are and why you're doing what you're doing. I love really digging deep into my client's audience and really getting to know who they're talking to and why they're talking to them. And that's almost more telling to me than getting to know the client themselves. Because we're really, whenever you're doing branding, you're creating a logo and a look and a brand identity that is trying to attract people to the brand. And if you didn't need to do that, then you probably wouldn't have branding at all. And my that's just my opinion. 
but really focusing on who the audience is and what they're interested in while still staying true to yourself. I had a really hard time with that whenever I first started out because I tried to do what I thought that my audience would want for my personal branding. And so I was working for female entrepreneurs primarily. And so I had like a lot of pink and really soft and, you know, just very girly, which there's nothing wrong with that. But if you actually meet me in real life, I wear black and navy and green sometimes. Most of the time it's just black and gray. And I I don't like pink and I don't like really bright and colorful things. And so it was just so startling of a contrast. Whenever clients would come to work with me, they would have seen one idea, how I was portraying myself. And then they would get to know me and they'd just be like, you know, you're great and you're a wonderful person. You're just not what I was expecting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's whenever I went through and did a total rebrand over to Turnquist House, which is, I mean, if you've seen it, it's very subdued, but still I think a very strong brand. But focusing on the story and really looking at the story behind it and how that story affects your audience and not just the way that your brand looks. There's so much more to a brand than a logo. Obviously, that is a really strong point, but I'll find myself scrolling through Pinterest. I don't even have to see a person's logo for the most part to know whose work it is. It's very obvious with anything from Brilliant Business Moms. You can see it and you know that that's Brilliant Business Moms rather than somebody else before you even see a logo. Same for People like Jamie at Spruce Road or Kelsey at Paper and Oats, I'll see their stuff on Instagram or on Pinterest before I even see their actual business name or logo. I know it's them. And it's kind of like I I likened it to today to whenever you see something in the store and you know that your best friend would love that outfit. Your best friend's not there. They're not wearing it, but you know that that's something that they would love. And that's kind of how I want my client's audience to feel like they see something and know that their best friend, who would be my client and their brand, would love something or that it is very similar to something and that they would do or their style. And kind of really focusing on that, like a logo is important, but there's so much more to it. You know, you've got your colors and your fonts and the types of images that you use and your words. Words are so powerful. I'm horrible with them, but they really, really have a huge influence on what a brand is like and how you experience it. And then also, I think it's really important to actually sit down and define your brand. And by define, I mean like having a set list, like maybe a style guide. It could even just be a list of words, but something that you can constantly reference back to. Like if you're going and you're looking for stock images and you find an image that you love, comparing it to what your style guide is and what your existing branding is can really help you determine like, oh, is that too, is that too modern? Is that too rustic? Is that too girly? Is that too masculine? And kind of helping you to you know, make those design decisions for yourself whenever you don't have a designer at hand. And then also focusing on being consistent, but not boring. And that goes into those trends, like what to embrace and what to kind of let, you know, slide by. One person that I forgot his name, I'll get it to you so you can put it in the show notes. But I love how he said it. He says, accessorize with care, but don't cut a mullet. (laughs) That's it. Yeah. That's good. I love that because it's, and he goes on to compare it to like basically everything that happened in the 80s. Like in the 80s, they thought that that was brilliant and hot stuff. 
And then now we go back to it and, you know, use the 80s as Halloween costumes or Spirit Week. Like, granted, some of the 80s is coming back. But for the most part, it's kind of staying back there by itself. But it's just been really helpful to kind of like picture it that way. Like if there's a trend, kind of look at that trend and think like, okay, is this is this a little too far out there? How is my audience going to respond to it? And if all else fails, just ask them like, People love to give their input. And if you just ask them, like maybe not, you know, put on your Facebook or Instagram, maybe like, hey, I'm really thinking about, you know, jumping on this trend. What do you think? That may not, you know, work very well with your audience. It just depends on who your audience is and what they're interested in. But you can always go to somebody who's like your ideal client that is a closer business friend and ask them what they think about it and just kind of get some input. Like, Just because you're a small business owner and probably working by yourself doesn't mean that you have to make all of your decisions by yourself. You can reach out to people and ask them for their feedback and input, and they're dying to tell somebody about their business too. So like virtual coffee dates or podcast interviews, stuff like that, I think is a really great way to kind of get some feedback from people. I love that. Yeah, that's great advice. And I think too... I feel like when you're maybe a newer business owner and you're less secure in kind of who you are and what your business stands for, it seems like that's when it's much easier to want to just jump on every trend because you just haven't solidified your identity yet. But if people will do what you've recommended, Lydia, and just dig deep and figure out that, okay, my brand is more than my logo. It's what is the story I'm telling? What is, what is my customer's story? You know, what, how do I communicate with them? How do they feel when they interact with me or they're on my website? And like, once you get clear on all of that, it's like, it's really easy to say no to a lot of the trends. Cause you just know like, well, this is who we are. It's okay. We don't, we don't have to be like this other, you know, business over here. And just because you like something doesn't mean you have to do it. That's something that in the beginning was really hard for me. Like I, I do, I love working with clients that are very feminine and girly and they've got, you know, I've been able to make them some really beautiful logos that are totally different than what I personally you know, how I portray myself. And that's okay. Like sometimes it's just finding an outlet that you can be creative. Like maybe if you really, really like the gold foil look, but don't want to embrace that on your personal branding, have something in your office that you can embrace it and kind of like test out the waters and maybe take a picture of it and put on Instagram. And if your audience really responds to it, then maybe that's a way that you could then think about, okay, well, you know, my audience likes this. Maybe I'll incorporate it some more and add it, you know, as a header image or do something like that. I really, in the beginning, and then even now, whenever I have clients, the first thing I have them do is take this test that I love. It's by Cerise Mune, and it's called the alchemy test. And you go through and she helps you kind of hone in on a specific archetype that you align with. And it's amazing. Like going through it, I just, anybody I send to it, they're like, she knows me. I answered like 10 questions and she knows my deepest, darkest secrets. And she just gives so much great advice on how to approach your brand and the ways that, you know, you could portray it. And it's very, very helpful for understanding who you are personal branding wise. 
Mm, Okay. So Lydia, it's been so great chatting with you today. As we wrap up, do you have either a funny or an adorable mom moment you could share? Okay. So up until May, so about five months ago, my son, he's three now, he couldn't talk at all. Couldn't say mom, couldn't do anything. And he also couldn't eat. He would only eat freeze-dried food. Um, we've been working on that. We've been going to therapy and stuff like that. But he had a tongue restriction and they had his tongue was fused to his jaw and they had to do a big surgery down in Knoxville and all kinds of terrifying mommy stuff. So since May, he's been learning how to talk and he's gotten really, really good at it. And he loves dinosaur names and dinosaurs. He thinks those are the best things ever. And he and his little sister, who is 18 months old, talk at the same level now because they both go to speech therapy together. She just goes to hang out. But anyways, they have decided that it is hilarious to play dinosaurs in the grocery store. And we were in Costco and they escaped and I couldn't find either of them. I don't know what happened. Well, we go and we finally find them. Somehow Lavinia has gotten into the chicken freezer. Like there's like a a giant freezer, chest freezer area and Lavinia got into it. She was like less than five feet away from us. It was just one of those things that like I didn't expect her to be sitting in there of all the places. (laughs) And he'd picked her up and she was getting ready to jump out and she yelled that she was a pterodactyl. And she's 18 months old. So everybody looked at this baby that was yelling pterodactyl and tried to jump out and he caught her. And it was just, it was the cutest thing ever. Also the most terrifying, but that is my tying into the food issue of how we, you know, do all of our meal prep. That was my, my funniest moment from recently and the most terrifying (laughs) as well. So that, oh yeah, yeah, that's, that's mom life right there. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm, I'm such a super planner. And in addition to planning, I'm also a control freak. And so the fact that they got out of my line of sight at all was enough to be terrifying for me. But then that they did that in front of the manager of the Costco store was pretty, pretty (laughs) traumatizing for me, but like you, you can't be prepared for the amount of embarrassment that will come from children. But also you can't prepare for the love either. So they're pretty great. So true. Well, Lydia, this has been so fun chatting today. Can you tell everyone one more time, where's the best place for them to find you online? You can find me on Facebook at Turnquist House and then also on Instagram at Turnquist House and then on my website at turnquisthouse.com. Wonderful. Thanks so much, Lydia. Before you go, I would love it so much if you would take just a minute to leave Brilliant Business Moms a rating and review. You know, it sounds like a silly thing to ask for, but believe it or not, iTunes really looks at those rating and reviews in terms of where they rank our podcast in search and in different podcast categories. So by simply taking a minute, telling us what you think of the show, it lets other brilliant business moms just like you find our podcast and they get to tune in every week. So you're doing not just us a favor, but you're doing a lot of other fabulous moms just like you a favor too.